you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to yet another Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you, as always, with OvertimeIreland.com. It's great to be back for another show. Obviously, we're taking these shows at a rapid rate, trying to get through as many teams as we can in our recap series from all the teams in the NFL. On today's show, we're going to be joined by Adam Goldstein. He is known as the Tailgate Knight. He's been on a good few times with us on the show here. He's a big, big Bears fan, and uh, we're going to talk all things Bears and looking forward to what they need to do, draft free agency and so on, and looking back at his favourite moments from this past Bears season. There mightn't have been all that many of them, but... Looking forward to giving uh, you a little insight into the Bears with our, our discussion with Adam Goldstein. Just before we get into that, as always, we need to give a plug to our partners over at Last Word on Sport. Do check them out. Maybe you're listening to this on the Last Word on Sport radio network. If you are, thank you. And if you're not, thank you for listening to Overtime Ireland through podcast form it's streaming on the site whatever and so forth and so on do check out lastwordonsport.com that is their website they've got you covered for all sports and of course their twitter handle as well is at lastwordonsport mentioned there the overtime ireland website you can check that out it's simply overtimeireland.com and of course you can find us on itunes stitcher wherever else you can also stream us through the website but the easiest way to find out all the ways to listen to the show is overtimeireland.com forward slash podcast and you can find everything you need to listen to the show up there and you can Find all the different ways, so don't be afraid to download it on multiple devices. And you know, we've got a few comments and ratings going up on iTunes recently. And uh, if you do listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please do give us a comment and a rating. It helps move us up the rankings, and uh, it is very, very much appreciated. So uh, I'll be back to talk a little bit more news after we finish up here with Adam and talk through some other stuff. So right now, let's get Adam Goldstein on the show to talk about the Chicago Bears. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. So we're back and we have another guest here for our OTI recap series. We're trying to get through as many of the teams in the, the National Football League as we can just after the season prior to the draft. So we're going to be talking now about my least favorite team, let's call the, the Chicago Bears. And uh, T- taking back on our good friend here, the tailgate night, Adam Goldstein, to, to talk about him. Obviously, we know he's a, a huge Bears fan and you know, it was a tough season for the Bears, Adam, but uh, thanks for coming on to, to talk to us about it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a painful season. And uh, with all these uh, series and this year, talking back about the season, I've got every team to give a rating between 1 and 10 of how they would rate last season. So I'm sure it's going to be below 5, but how far below 5 oh, is it going to be for you? Um, two, two and a half, maybe. We're on a we're on a red roll. This is the fourth one we've done. The Packers uh, rated their season quite high uh, in their one, but then uh, I had the the New York Jets rated at one, and then uh, the Washington Redskins rated at two. So maybe we're getting to two and a half now. We're eventually we'll get above five for some of these things. I don't know. I, I mean, it was a disappointing season, but I mean, if yeah, five wins. I guess it's they had the potential to do a lot more and. They did have a, you know, five wins isn't isn't it's not it's not like going own sixteen or one one and fifteen. Yeah. So they, and there were some promising moments, not not too many. It was it was a tough season, more so to the fact that they had shown so much promise the season before, and people were thinking that like Jay Cutler had turned the corner, and you know you had Alshon, Jeffrey, Branton, Marshall, and Matt Forte, and that there was going to be a lot of promise from this offense, and they were going to really deliver this year, and that it just didn't really happen for them, but. You know, there's there's lots of players that I think on the the Bears roster that are very, very, very talented players, and you know they're in the the top ten at their position. A number of them, the likes of Matt Forte, Branton Marshall, and Alshon Jeffrey, you know, had had a huge year two years ago, and he still had a, a decent enough year this year. But 
if you had to pick an MVP of the team out of the Chicago Bears, who would it have been for last season? Um, probably Kyle Long, just because um, we needed a, an offensive line person. Apparently, never uh, gave up a sack. Um, but I, I, I mean, I also think Forte. Just yeah, I would have said Forte. Yeah, I mean, we use him so much in the pass, the blocking, running. He's really underrated, and um, I, I think he's just taken, you know, a bit of a safety net player and helped us out in so many situations. And perhaps we rely on him too much. He's not that strong in the short yard stuff, running up the middle. Yeah. Um, but he gives us a lot of options, and I just think if we could just get a power back, so, you know, they've tried different people over the years to go in tandem with him and. Um, obviously the past game with Brandon and Alshon helped but he just can't do it all he's going to be 29 and I think that um, overall I think over the last four or five years he's, he's been our best player yeah, he always seems to you know he's a player that I always think is younger than he actually is but he, he's very versatile mm. he's very good out of the backfield catching the ball you know he, he got mm. so many touches this year but you know you just you just wonder if uh, you know there, there's more there because it seemed to be sometimes that they were taken away from Jeffrey and Marshall because they were trying you know Cutler just wasn't seeing the ball downfield and giving the, the short dump off passes a lot to him but he definitely he definitely delivered for the team this year and you know I, I thought he was a very 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 valuable and underrated part of that team you mentioned there was a few surprising moments. Uh, I'm going to hit you now for a, a favourite moment of the season. Well, I guess if, well, it was nice to go to uh, San Francisco and win there in week two. I mean, albeit we it was a fluky win, yeah. we probably shouldn't have won. I think I think that was something. You know, it was, I guess it was we were able to not play well and grind out a win. And I was thinking, well, that's going to be a great sort of catalyst for the seat you know we're going to go on and have a bit of luck and then yeah. it all just sort of obviously collapsed and and beating the falcons um was was good because i've been to a couple of games where the bears have been beaten by the falcons so it was a, be- a few sort of like last minute winners for them so it's quite nice to sort of get the monkey off that back but um overall i i think it was just there wasn't too many factors that were great i mean i don't think obviously our offense didn't do nearly as good as we should have um, apparently pass completions were, were, were very high but you can kind of fudge some stats and find stats where there's been positives but on the whole considering how many weapons we had on offense it never really clicked and um and we had the, you know got an offensive line we got receivers running i just don't know what the answer was it, it must have been the scheme or maybe they didn't want to play for Tressman. i don't really know um defense we just had some injuries and some some key players are just starting to get old and fizzle like Briggs and Tillman and we're going to really have to rebuild this defence I think. You mentioned there obviously the one in San Francisco and that was a huge huge one that shocked me at the time and obviously being in the division with the Packers was it, at the time it was a result that worried me because I thought if you could go in there and beat them you know you know the season's mm. limited as possibilities for them and that game there though just looking back just when you mentioned it I just thought of it at the time that was the game where Branton Marshall was really, really doubtful. They thought he wasn't going to play. And I think he had two, was it two or three touchdowns in that game? I think it was three. Yeah, and there was one of them was a ridiculous one-handed catch. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But possibly him, you know, he was very, very doubtful for that game. And then he played. And then he struggled the rest of the way through the season with an injury. Do you think that maybe him playing in that game could have been more of a detriment? Obviously, they won the game. But throughout the season, then they might have lost games that they could have won due to that injury nagging them through the, the rest of the season? Maybe, maybe but I, I still think that even if you have Alshon and Forte, you've still got a good team. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is very good. I mean, I just I just think that um, maybe having that win in San Francisco was probably detrimental more psychologically, thinking, right, right, we didn't play great, but we went to San Fran, who were, you know, were pipped to be you know, in the playoffs and sort of go quite far. 
Uh, and they kind of had a little bit of a disappointing season, I think. And um, maybe the Bears were like, right, if we can beat them, we can, you know, and then they obviously beat the Jets. But then that loss to Green Bay, I think, took us back down to earth and and then it all kind of sort of down spiraled. And then coming into the bye week, getting smashed by the Patriots, I think that was it. That yeah. was kind of... The, you mentioned there the, the one as well, the, the Packers one. Obviously, I enjoyed that there one. But uh, mm. when w- watching that game, I was actually, I was shocked at how... Uh, you know how easy it was for the Packers in that game. It was close enough up mm. to half time. Just before yeah. half time, I think was it. There was a drive for a, a touchdown. They could have took the field goal and they didn't take it, and then they ended up getting no points on the board from it. And in the second half, the Packers kind of started to dominate. Though that was actually was it the first or second game in NFL history with no punts. I think that was the game that you know there was, there was turnovers in it, but there was none of the neither of the yeah. punters actually kicked the ball away. But. <laughs> The, uh, I didn't realise that. I remember the. I remember it's just getting. You know, at half time I was fairly confident, and I think um, a friend of mine lives not far from me up the road, and he was messaging me all night as the Packers in the <laughs> second half annihilating us. And yeah, I, I thought that it just it seemed to fall apart at half time. Whatever happened that one, but uh, that was obviously in Soldier Field, and I just want to know if you can figure out any reason as to why the Bears have had such a poor record at Soldier Field over the last two or three years that they've really struggled there, and they seem to have more chance of winning on the road rather than they do at home in recent years? Yeah, I, I mean, it is with, they say that, you know, home field advantage is worth a touchdown. And obviously they've, they've um, even if you give them a touchdown, they're still, uh, if you give them seven points, they're still losing. So, um, they're, I mean, it's a loud, loudish stadium. It's one of the smaller ones. Um, but historically, the Bears have been able, you know, playing in the wind, playing on the grass, playing in the cold, usually obviously dome teams yeah. um, struggle. But I think... I don't know. I think um, the Bears fan base are loyal and, and certainly even when we're losing, we, we make plenty of noise and try and help our team. Um, I just think that it's just a difficult place for any good quarterback to play in the winter. I know Aaron Rodgers has similar issues in Green Bay with the cold and the wind, but it seems that, you know, Cutler's got an arm and it's just, you know, 18 interceptions and um, he just, you know, he's just not been as good as we sort of hoped. He's been flashes of it and I think we're just a defense, you know, historically we're a defense, hard-hitting, you know, run-first team. And we have finally got a good quarterback and maybe it's trying to put a square peg in a round hole a little bit. Maybe it's going against the culture of of, um, of some of the team. But I don't know. I mean, some teams like to play on the road, for the, if, especially if it's not too far, purely because, you know, you're clubbed together, you have that bonding on the on the bus or on the, the flight. And there is that little bit, you know, I coach the Oxford Lancers in, um, yeah. in Oxford, obviously. And we, if, as long as it's not too far, we prefer an away game because at home people dribs and drabs, they come in at different times, they get a bit sort of um, cocky, but like take it for granted. They know, But when you're playing away, you kind of got that bonding, you can go through game plan on the journey. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's that mentality. Uh, probably shouldn't be. They're professionals. <laughs> so something's got, something's got, something's got to turn around. And I think the more I get involved with with the sport, the more I realise that although you can say professionals and they're all fired up and focused, I do think having a, a coach that people that players believe in, although they all publicly say they're behind their coach and behind their quarterback, I think you know it sounds like with the Bears, there's a few locker room situations and. I don't know if Chessman got a handle on on everything, and I think the psychological man management and getting people to really play for you is where the coaches earn a lot of their big bucks. So, and I just don't think Chessman was able to do that. Sadly, it was interesting there too. You mentioned that they're historically a defensive team, and now that they're trying to 
kind of maybe go to more they have so many offensive weapons going to that but maybe just when it is so cold in chicago or even in green bay you'll see in the you know when it gets into winter that even this year again they went with lacy a lot of the time in the colder home games and maybe it's just that the passing game especially long passes just don't really suit to that you know cold weather and the wind as you mentioned but you know the game that really surprised me that they lost was you talked about dome teams well obviously the dallas cowboys play indoors and the cowboys went there and bet them in soldier field but at that stage i thought that the the bears had uh, like tressman had lost the locker room i didn't think they were really even trying to, to play for him at that mm. stage do you think that that was the probably the key of the the five and eleven season that at some point they just didn't believe what he was preaching to them and as you mentioned it's important to have the team buying into it and maybe that's just what happened yeah, I think uh, probably. I mean, we had. The, well, I, mean, I don't know what the answer is. We've got the weapons. We've got probably one of the best assembled offenses we've we've ever had, and most of those players would walk into any other team. So I don't I don't know what was happening. Um, and obviously, we had some injuries on defense, and I think the defense age wise is caught up with us. We've never had a great safety probably since Mike Brown left, really. So we've never had um, some areas where we can build on and I think it, that, that great defence that was in the Super Bowl four or five years ago is now six years ago rather is now sort of fizzled away So, but the Cowboys I think were, oh, were outplaying themselves this year and we were obviously underplaying and I think um, yeah I think they came in hot and and they sort of beat a crap out of us um, I mean disappointing the week before to lose 34-17 to the Lions you know I think going into this season yeah the Lions had, had improved but I think we felt that the Bears certainly I felt that we could be gunning for winning the title, winning the NFC North, um, certainly not coming last and thinking that we were better than the Lions and certainly the Vikings and it would be us and the Packers. But, you know, the Lions have obviously stepped up um, and, and, and have really built. And I just think the uh, poor old Bears, which, but it may, maybe we need, I'm trying to put a, a silver lion on it, yeah. maybe we needed such a bad season to, you know, we've got a new GM, new head coach, new offensive coordinator and, we probably, you know, probably a bit like with Lovey Smith. He needed to, we needed to not get the playoffs to have him go. I mean, since he has gone, we haven't done too much. But I think maybe losing that badly will shake some of the things up. And uh, obviously, you mentioned there that was Thanksgiving. That loss to the Lions, the Cowboys. Remember, they they got trounced by the Eagles too. So both teams were coming off big losses, and obviously the Cowboys mm. responded better to it. The season before, obviously, it went down to that uh, Week Seventeen game against the Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers came back from injury, and they won late on against the Bears. Maybe the one then that year they thought well we're very close to the Packers we're able to challenge them. You mentioned the game against San Francisco. Maybe the one that thought we're on our way, and then obviously yeah. things went wrong, and they then they turned on Tressman. The thing that found I found interesting last year was they come off a good season the year before, and then they seemed to turn on the coach very quickly. Yeah, may, maybe uh, maybe the season before I don't know if it was a bit of a fluke or they just got maybe big for their boots and thought. You know, we'll, we'll beat the Packers early, and then you know the Panthers weren't potentially beatable. Fact, we had you know not a bad schedule until we meet the until we met the Patriots. Um, we could have gone sort of um, five wins by by the, by sort of the bye week, yeah. five or six wins, and maybe they just got uh, you know ahead of themselves. Uh, been, yeah, and then with you know Tillman being out and just maybe maybe it is one of those things that is that fragile. One or two sort of losses and one or two. Uh, players going out, maybe it, it, it did sort of um, go down down the plug hole there. But I don't. I mean, Tresman came in, you know, being a QB genius, and he was going to correct the, the issues at quarterback with Cutler. And you know, some of it wasn't Cutler, some of it was his receiver, some of it's just luck where the ball pings off and a helmet and somebody grabs it. I mean, 
and some of it was Cutler's bad decisions. It's hard to know sometimes who's at fault. The um, the coach, or the you know, the player, or or the defense just made a good play. But eighteen picks is is obviously not good enough. And I think Cutler has got this sense of I think he's got a sense of pressure of a bit like Rex Grossman just wants to throw that deep ball, prove himself all the time. And if you compare him to someone like Rogers, who's just seems to be more secure in himself, more secure on the field, isn't afraid to, you know, when he has to throw it away, just just seems to be a bit more of an understanding of the game. And I think Cutler tries so hard all the time and then looks moody and probably doesn't handle it too well when it's not going well. Well, and I mean, I know he has diabetes and he's on the sidelines and one of those sort of side effects is, is sort of moody and getting down and stuff. Um, but... <laughs> He can, he, he kind of falls on his own sword a little bit. I think you mentioned obviously the obviously I've, I've talked about it last season and probably depressed the uh, Bears fans enough about that there and to my own delight. But we're going to move on to this season and obviously you're thinking things are going to get better and you have the the new head coach in and John Fox, new coordinators and obviously Fox has left the Denver Broncos after this season and you know uh, were you surprised that they hired John Fox so quickly after the the Broncos let him go or are you happy with that? How would you rate that there um, overall? I'm pretty happy. He's obviously a defensive guy. Uh, and I, I guess what I get from him is someone's very conservative, uh, nothing too flashy. And I think that would be good for us to get back to basics. And I think he's got a good head on his shoulders as well, Carolina, I, I thought. And with Denver, I get the impression that, um, you know, he didn't probably have to do too much to Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning probably became a bit of a mini coach and helped out. The, re- the receivers. It'll be interesting to see what Fox does with Cutler. I think that's going to be the big storyline. Um, but or, or maybe that'll be more the OC case to, to, to sort of decide what's happening. He obviously takes up a lot of cap from Cutler, but I, th- I think Fox will go back to us having a um, a defense that's you know more historic and you know p- potentially it's going to go to a three four and how well um, oh who's the Allen? What's his name? Jared Allen. Jared Allen, thank you. How how well he fits into that. Uh, he was a d- big disappointment for me. He was not very good. Um, I think uh, if you look at how he performed for the Bears and how Peppers performed for the Packers, I think yeah. that was a you know a big change there in both defences. Yeah, because we thought we were getting the better player, the younger player, and yeah. I think for cheaper. And Allen had a, gr- a great season, um, sorry, a great career. For the we, we, he, it, yeah, for the Vikings. That, and I think the Chiefs before that, he was very good. And he was not good, not good at all. And then when you look over at Julius playing um, in a three-four, and he's lining up, so kind of, kind of a bit annoyed about that. But I'm not burning my Julius Peppers uh, Bears jersey. Just <laughs> could be a reunion. Obviously, it's going to be tough for the the Packers to see what they do. You know, he's a big cap number this year. What they'll do, but uh, I hope he's back with the Packers next year. But you know, he's getting up there in years. Maybe, maybe calls it a day. Mm. But I suppose maybe he goes back, goes back to the Bears again. I don't know if he, if that's a possible do. <laughs> You mentioned hey. as well, you know, Jay Cutler, and he's obviously a big cap number this year. Well, looks like he's going to be the, the quarterback uh, going into the season. But with Jay, would you be looking at, you know, maybe looking at the other possibilities of a different quarterback, or do you think just you have to stick with him this season and then see about it after that? Uh, I, I think he's got, what, two seasons that are locked in in terms of money. Yeah. I think uh, he this it has to be this this make or break season this year it has to with I would have thought the coaches would have a bit of a safety net situation and I know with Clawson last season 
you know, they, they named him the starter when it was all going downhill and then he gets injured and then they have to get their number one quarterback back in with Cutler. It's a bit embarrassing when you drop him. It was a strange on that, that they, they dropped him at that stage, wasn't it? Uh, well, I guess the season was over and then it was just, you know, seeing if they can see how Clawson does for the future and then he gets injured and Cutler. I mean, and, and the season before, um, the other second quarterback. Josh McCowan. Yeah, he, he did really well. Uh, maybe we should have kept him. Maybe back you could, you, yeah, well, it's Adam, you could get him back now because he was cut yesterday by the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe bring him back. I've heard people saying that they, you know, the Bears might try and get that quarterback out of Oregon, the Heisman Trophy winner. Mario. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they will. I think they'll get a, the pick. I think they'll get a D tackle or maybe. Um, I don't know how good safeties are. I think we need a safety with it being more of a passing league and Conti not being great. But I think they'll go D-tackle or linebacker. And I think they'll look, you know, last year they picked a lot of offense. And although Kyle Fuller was great, uh, Corner was, you know, probably rookie of the year for right. us. Definitely rookie of the year for us. He, you know, I think we'll go defense. Because um, we've just got so many offensive weapons um, and the defense is getting old. So I, I don't think he'll go. I, I think he'll keep Cutler for one more year and look to try and have a quarterback ready to take on the franchise in the, in the next few years, yeah. Um, so, I'm, I mean, two months with Cutler, I think, you know, a lot of players, when push comes to shove, they do well, and he, he kind of hasn't, and he's not really, uh, he's not our only problem, that's, that's the issue. Even if we do get a great quarterback coming in, there's still big problems. So, I think as well, the, the money invested in him, and, you know, he, he has the potential, he, he, you know, he's getting old now to only have potential, but he can do it from, for, periods of game so I think most teams in the NFL if he was to be cut there'd be a lot of teams to be looking to get Jay Cutler signed up so I think you know you're looking at this draft you have the seventh overall pick I don't think they're going to go for a quarterback with that then further down the draft in the next round you're probably not going to get a quarterback that you're going to want to start this year so yeah. you probably go Jay Cutler this year maybe next year address it to be a better free agency class and quarterback because there's not many quarterbacks that are you know you're, there's not many teams you're going to be falling over yourself to get the quarterbacks in free agency this year so I think next season might be a more valuable option then obviously he has a lot to play for this year he's a lot to prove if he wants to be with the Bears in two years time get the rest of that contract money that he's owed he has to have a big year this year so I think that might play into the Bears hands if he can can produce at that level it's a you know he is a, he's a good quarterback like but he's not a, he's just not a great quarterback yeah I think that's the thing I think he's got the tools to be great I think we just have to pay him as a good quarterback not a great quarterback <laughs> and uh, that might be probably a lot of pressure off and you know with a good quarterback with Brandon Marshall and Alshon and Forte you probably don't need it you know you don't need a Tom Brady like you can have someone who's good and with those weapons, we, we could be all right. I think um, the other, I guess, the embarrassing factor would be if they trade Jay Cutler, apparently, because he's so expensive, they would have to give up a first-round draft pick. Yeah. And I think that would be so ridiculous that they've got all their first rounds for him and then they have to give away first rounds just to get him to leave. <laughs> I think that would just be too embarrassing. That would be tough, too, if they uh, traded him away and then he goes somewhere else and makes the playoffs with another team. So, you know, it's a really it's a yeah. tough situation for them. But you mentioned, obviously, and I've mentioned how talented the offense is, how good those pieces are that they have. And, you know, I think the defense needs a lot of work. You mentioned how good they were a few years ago. They were historically good. I think now that they need to, you know, kind of try and put all their stock nearly this year in the draft into that defensive side of the ball you mentioned Kyle Fuller he had a phenomenal year last year he was a rookie he was learning obviously there was some mistakes so he's learning on the job but you know if you can get a few another player in this year at that level and get some people in that are you know going to help that defense a bit I think you'll start to see the team coming up 
obviously I think the thing maybe with Cutler last year too and the offense and you're on about the deep ball downfield is the the defense wasn't producing so then that Cutler might have thought right we have to score on every drive and then obviously that puts you in a hole because if you turn it over and then the other team scores it's twice as bad so maybe that's another thing but the the defense last year certainly wasn't uh, of a high enough standard so I would be projecting that they'll go into the draft and look a lot at the defensive side of the ball would that be what you would be looking for free agency in the draft yeah I certainly yeah I I I think they I'd want you know safety linebacker in all in all three you know positions maybe a pass rusher Uh, I think they'll go defense defense and and also in possibly free agency I've heard that they might be looking for another tight end I really like Martellus Bennett but going with them another tight end so i don't think they need to do too much uh, on offense um unless they see something i mean some teams just pick the best player that's on the board and some go for a system but yeah. you know, I, I think we need to unless we see something amazing we we go defense and at a seven a seventh round pick i think you can get someone good i mean that the problem you know you don't want to have a, a first round a first pick or second pick sometimes because of the amount they cost so Seventh is 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 somewhere where I think you can have somebody that has has an impact and can can play like like Fuller has somebody that can if they're injury free they can have an impact. So um, if, you have, if you have I think those, if you have those other teams that are you know higher up like the likes of Tampa Bay if they take a quarterback if another quarterback's taken two say quarterbacks in the first five that drops some of those defensive players and the players you like down to number seven so you have that opportunity as well. Yeah. And I think I think that. Although the Packers' offense, say two or three years ago, was in my opinion, I think there's probably more talent on the Bears, but the players and the with Rodgers, not everything was going better for them. But you know, they, they looked to address running back, but the, the area that isn't a very exciting area to address is defensive side of the ball. But that was the problem the Packers had for years and years, and this year the defense started to come along nicely. So you know, I'd be quite happy if the Packers took a few defensive pieces this year as well. I think you know it takes a while to build that defense but you do need it if you're if you're going to look at the the seahawks even look at the patriots the, the teams that get far are the teams with the good defenses in the last few years you really do need that with a an average or above average offense but you do need the defense to be at least of a competitive level and uh, i think you know that's why i think you're going to go you'll see a lot of defensive work for the bears this this offseason yeah i think so and i think we'll looks like we've lost briggs i think he's gonna not be a bear anymore mm. or retire and Tillman. Yeah, so I think we need a new, you know, leader within within the defense and just a new identity, really. And I, I think having all these new coaches um, early, you know, as you said, as soon as Fox was fired, Bang is in Chicago. I think that's a good thing. Get them, get them all settling in. Um, so I, I mean, always excited. I mean, you can't get a lot worse than five and eleven. <laughs> so you know, um, but like I said off air, it's it's hard because in a. In a tea, in a season, especially those five last five six weeks, I um, you know you watch the game either live or on Game Pass or on catch up, and you know when you get beat, you kind of try and forget about it pretty quickly. But when you win, you remember all the good plays. And yeah. So uh, you know that that last sort of quarter of the season was just like uh, I'm going to watch them, but I'm not happy about it. We and so I can't really remember a lot to be honest. I've tried to block it all out. Well, we'll finish it for a positive note uh, for Bears fans and a negative note <laughs> for myself, but. Uh, you were talking about blocking things out. Obviously, the the game against Seattle and the NFC Championship game was one I tried to block out, and uh, I wasn't able to for a number of weeks. Them losing the Super Bowl helped ease it a slight bit, but uh, I'm sure uh, yeah. you know you took a little bit of a glee in that there moment, as did the rest oh, of the fans. Yeah, I mean, there was the playoffs had a lot of that sort of um, 
people come you know with dallas games yeah, we're talking about the uh, nfc having a like a curse that was passed on from game to game because mm. the the lions lost to dallas and with that their controversial play then the, the dallas cowboys had to play with des bryant against the packers and then the packers just fell apart against the seahawks and then the seahawks had the interception to lose the game in the super bowl so it seemed to be like a you know some sort of a virus that's been passed on from game to game yeah that's right. yeah and then i guess in a way the seahawks you know they should have probably beaten the Patriots with that yeah. last play if they run it, and then they they mess it up. So um, with that with the pass play, so I do. I, yeah, I mean watching it, um, it was it was brutal the way they just was like sure mistake was. after mistake. It was like what seven or eight things that if one of them would have gone, gone right, their yeah. way, yeah. it would have been an easy win. You know the the, um, the interception and a bunch of things, and they just sort of played safe. And it, it was it was fluky and it was weird and. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was very bizarre, very bizarre. Indeed. <laughs> I, I, thought were, I thought you were going to say it was flicking, it was weird, and then I thought you were going to say, but it was wonderful. <laughs> um, well, I don't overly hate the Packers. I have to say, it's weird that as a Bears fan, I don't hate the Packers. And I think because when I did the road trip, I had a great time at Lambeau. Even when there was a Bears fan, people treated me good. And it's, um, if I wasn't a Bears fan and I did the trip and did it like just experience-wise, team to team, I'd probably come out a Packers fan. So I don't hate them, and that's probably people think I'm not a Bears fan and I should hate the Packers. To be honest, I don't really like the Patriots. And um, it's funny that it's then, uh, as well. If your friends support a team or that, you usually kind of don't mind them as much because you're talking about them a little bit more. And I, I've talked to you a number of times in this year, and I've talked to many other Bears fans. So. I don't really have a problem with the Bears, but, uh, you know, they are the rival. You like to poke fun at them. But you do have, I think you have the most fun talking with the, the fans of the opposite team because you can kind of bounce things off each other and that. So it's, uh, it's good fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think with the Packers, um, from what I got in certainly going to a Bears game at Lambeau and the, seeing having the Bears play at Soldier when I was there in 08, there wasn't, it wasn't as he, I know, I know NFL fans aren't like, you know, stabbing each other in the terraces and stuff <laughs> but it was it, there was a there was a sense of bit of friendliness they're old school teams i think there's a lot of respect for each other's franchise and i think that's what it is and they both have a uh, had you know historic games together they're not too far from each other and i i think it's a good healthy rivalry as opposed to this sort of a backstabbing horrible one uh like any of the ones involved with the patriots and you know all that kind of spy gate or yeah. all that of the ball i just think it's both teams like to play against each other and um you know so i don't i don't have a big hate for, for the packers so and uh, uh, just there uh, you mentioned obviously your trips to the u.s to see the games and uh, some people mightn't have heard you the first time or the second time or i think you've, i think that's the fourth time you've been on the show but anytime you've been on we've always plugged the books you you're known as the oh, tailgate night the tailgate to heaven hopefully everyone has heard you hopefully most of them have read the book but just in case they haven't i'll let you have a, a minute or two to just plug yourself the two books you have in front uh, of the story sure yeah, well, the, the first one, Tailgate to Heaven, came out in 2012, and it was about my um, 2008 road trip where I sold my flat in London, left my, left my girlfriend at home, left my book, uh, left my job um, to go to see a game at every NFL stadium in, in the regular season and went to see 40 football games. And that ended up becoming the book called Tailgate to Heaven. And then um, the following year, in 2009, I lived with a tailgater, who, a professional tailgater, and on his yellow school bus and... For half the football season, I went and cooked, tried to at least cook British food 
at the tailgates and went to some college games as well as NFL games. And it was, you know, I was probably a bit more in-depth into the tailgate culture because this time I was cooking for 100, 200 people as opposed to just sort of jumping, jumping around the first year. So the second book is called The Tailgate Night Rises, which is my kind of super fan name. And um, some people may or may not know, but a lot of the super fans who they dress up and they're all, they're, they're war paint and all that. There, there, there's a membership called the Pro Football Ultimate Fan Association, and um, it started in 1999, where they were one fan was picked per per franchise, and then since then on, those people have nominated others, and the kind of the, the community or this super fan club has grown. So. I um, was nominated in 2008 and got accepted in 2012 and then did a speech at the Hall of Fame, which was cool. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of within these sort of super fans, um, which is awesome because it means if I go to games or certainly the, when, the, when the games are here in London, um, you know, I usually get to meet up with, with all of them and show them around and go to the London games uh, with those. I mean, I, don't, I have a big Bears hat. I don't put the, the makeup on or wear chain. <laughs> you love the you makeup. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, you don't wear the makeup to the games, but you wear the makeup at home. <laughs> sure, exactly. You know, <laughs> um, so that was it. So the second book has um, been out since the beginning of this season. It's just an ebook, so it's, I think it's three pounds, and it's only it's available on Kindle, uh, well, or the Kindle app on a tablet. So, um, and I'm getting a lot of good responses from it. So people are enjoying it. It's a bit light heart. It's a bit lighter than the first one. It's less academic and less. It's more road trippy, I would say, and a few funnier stories in, in the second book, for sure. Um, but you don't have to read the second one to read the first, but, you know, I think both are pretty good. Yeah, I've obviously read both. I read the first one was the hardback copy and then the, the other one in the, the e-book, but the, they're both both very good, and there's very fascinating stories in them all. And, of course, the, he went around all the grounds in the NFL, so, you know, your story about everyone's team in it as well and how, how the fans interacted. You mentioned getting on good with the, the Packers fans of that game. So all stuff like that there in it and different things, how much the ticket costs and all. There's a little novelty bits like that. I really enjoyed it. But obviously Adam's on Twitter, and it's at tailgate night, and that's night as in a British night, as in K-N-I-G-H-T. And uh, you can find all the information there. Of course, there's a website too, Adam. Do you want to give that a plug to, in case anyone wants yeah, to? Yeah, Tailgate to Heaven is uh, the book site. And um, yeah, that, that, there's a link there that can take people to the to the book at Amazon or other outlets. So um, I've still got um, some paperbacks if anyone wants to get in touch. I've got a bunch under my bed. Um, <laughs> so if anyone wants to get in touch, I give them a sign and put them in the post. And my paperbacks, I think they're £7, so a bit cheaper than... Um, than Amazon, so I've got a few a few of the paperbacks left. Yeah, so get on over to the site, uh, give them a follow on Twitter as well at Tailgate Night, and uh, we'll have you on again soon, Adam. Of course, to talk about how hopefully the Packers are still above the Bears, but maybe the Bears will have a better season last year <laughs> than they did this year. But uh, thanks as always for coming on. Oh, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. Once again, of course, thanks to Adam for coming on the show to talk about the Chicago Bears. Always good to have him on. I enjoy talking the dynamic between the Packers and the Bears with him quite a bit, and it's always fun having him on the show. That was the Bears, we've done the Jets, we've done the Redskins, we've done the Packers, and we're going to go through as many teams before the NFL draft as we can, and have a few of them already pre-recorded, so we're going to be getting them out thick and fast to you, the, the OTI subscribers and listeners. Next up is going to be the New Orleans Saints, and we'll be talking to that with Rob Mitchell, and Rob is a writer for Last Word on Sports, so it's uh, 
good to get one of our the writers for our partners there at Last Word on Sport on to talk about the New Orleans Saints. We've had him on previously in the past too to talk about the team, and that was a very interesting conversation. So looking forward to bringing that to you. We had Eli on to discuss the Redskins there during the week, and of course. Eli is a big writer on his side, as I mentioned, and uh, he's going through all the teams. He's going through all 32 before free agency starts, uh, I think it's March 11th, that starts. So he's going through all the teams really, really rapidly, and they're going up on the side. We've had two up, or three up in the last few days, and they're going to continue to go up on a daily basis, covering all the teams. So be sure and look out for all the teams, including the team that you follow, obviously, and uh, keep spreading the word, keep retweeting and doing what you've been doing in the last few weeks. It's been absolutely fantastic, your, your great support. Just a couple of little bits and pieces in news, not much really uh, to talk about obviously there's the news going around that Peyton Manning has met with the Denver Broncos will he be back won't he be back I- I'm fully expecting him to be back for another year people are talking about his contract number well if you look at his numbers uh, they're you know in a relative kind of stratosphere to Tony Romo Jay Cutler and even if Manning does drop off a little bit this season you know I think he, he still would be worth that money but it just depends on how quick the team are looking to move on whether it is this season next season I think this would be his final year in the league for Peyton Manning but you know, I think he, he, he will be back this season. Obviously, it really comes down to now whether he passes a physical or not. I think the team do generally want him back. I think he wants to come back. And then I think it's just about him passing the physical because we all know what the next surgeries he had and that. There's a physical each and every year just to, to make sure he's cleared to play in the league. So we'll see how that goes. He's a, He's been working out. And uh, obviously, if he's working out at this stage of the season, he must be pretty confident that he'll be in uh, tip-top shape come the start of the season. News is coming out that uh, Wes Welker, as well, when we're on the situation of the Denver Broncos, he's not planning on retiring this year. He's planning on playing next season. I've said this a long time now that Wes Welker, with his concussion situation, he's had a lot of concussions in his career, both. Well, obviously, I can't say for definite that he hasn't had undiagnosed ones, but he's had plenty of diagnosed ones in the last few years since he went to the Denver Broncos and uh, at his time in the Patriots. So, you know, it's uh, it's always difficult players. Maybe we don't want to leave that money on the table, don't want to walk away from the game, but, you know, concussions are, are no joke. And, when you have a number of them uh, diagnosed, you know, you start to worry about the player's long-term health. And, uh, you know, Wes Welker, he's had a great career. And, you know, I, always, I, th- I thought this would be time for him to step away because he had a drop-off in performance last year. But he obviously wants to play, and we'll, we'll see what, what team picks him up. I don't think he'll be back with the Denver Broncos next season. So it's going to be it's a, big, a big off-season, obviously, for the Broncos with the situation with the two Thomases. And I don't think Demarius will uh, get to leave the Broncos I think he'll be at least franchise tagged if they don't sign a new deal but Julius Thomas is up in the air then Pot Rose Knight and there's a lot of a lot of pieces there that are moving and you know in flux in the Broncos organization so we'll see what happens in the next few weeks it'll all become much much clearer for the Denver Broncos and the, their fans speaking of free agents and players that are wanting to come back for another season Frank Gore is another one of those and obviously he's had a, a good career with the San Francisco 49ers he says that he would like to play for the 49ers, but he wants to know that they definitely want him back. He doesn't want to be hanging around hoping to get back to the 49ers when the, maybe another offer comes up on the table. So he's trying to get some clarity on that. So that's going to be interesting to see as well in the, in the next few weeks. There's a lot of these things that are up in the air at the moment. Chris Johnson got released by the Jets and running backs are, you know, it's meant to be a good running back class coming up. So we'll see who, who wants to take a chance on a younger running back versus who wants to take a chance on that veteran free agent but uh, Frank Gore definitely has another year or two left in him and he's a fantastic career but you know when you get to his age you're worried about these running backs hitting the wall and uh, you know the the production falling off but Frank Gore seems to be <laughs> seems to be the the exception to the rule. keeps going year in year out and never really seems to slow down all that much and I'll finish up with some Packers news on my team obviously uh, the Packers have cut ties with Branton Bostic he was released there at the start of the week obviously Branton was the the guy on the, the kickoff coverage team on that failed Onside kick recovery attempt by the Packers was successful for the, the Seahawks and helped the, the Seahawks 
to reach the Super Bowl, which they, they eventually lost to the New England Patriots. But you know, he, he stood up, he owned that there after the game and the and the in the weeks since that he's accepted full responsibility. But you know, this is what he's unfortunately gonna be remembered for. He's a player that came into the league a number of years ago, former basketball player. You know, we've seen basketball players developing into tight ends like say, Jimmy Graham, Tony Gonzalez, even Julius Thomas in more recent seasons. And he has had always had that potential, but just uh, never developed really onto the field. And you know, people are going to say it's just because of that one thing. Well, he didn't have a lot of snaps throughout the season. He's been primarily used on special teams. The coaches have seen him week out, week week in, week out in training, and obviously they haven't uh, really seen what they wanted to see from him. We've seen with the Jets cutting ties with Chris Johnson, obviously then as well with Brandon Boston and the Packers. We'll see a lot of these teams cutting ties with players, and it's just down to them reevaluating all the players on the roster, all all the fifty three on the roster and then the practice squad and everything included. Coach and staffs are the same there. You know, get a review and some of them be let go, some of them be kept on and we see that there now in the next few weeks uh, around the, the free agent time. So these are the time these decisions are made. It's not just down to the that one decision on the, the failed recovery on that punt uh, or on that kickoff return, but I'm sure it probably did factor into it a little bit. But Brandon Bostick now it'll be interesting uh, will somebody pick him up. He's not one of those guys that you know, he's not an explosive tight end, but I'm sure that somebody will take a chance. There's a lot of teams really stuck at the tight end position, and you know, he'll probably get another opportunity somewhere, but it just hasn't worked out for him. And uh, maybe, you know, with the, the reputation he has now from the last few weeks after that championship game, that some people won't want to take a chance on him, and some teams won't want to have him around. But we'll see what happens. Uh, it's always difficult when a player goes through a difficult period like that, and that's me being a Packers fan, talking about a player who people are saying cost them a chance at the Super Bowl. And, you know, players make decisions in the split second of the game and just have to live with it then for the rest of their lives. We hope that uh, Branton Bostick, whatever he goes on to do in the, in the rest of his life, this doesn't weigh him down too long. And he seems like a, a kind of guy that he can move on past this. So that, that's something that's good to see. But he's he's no longer with the, the Packers organization. And really and truly, that's all. Each and every one of these draft recaps or season recap shows we're going to be dropping in a little bit of news at the end of each show there's not going to be a lot of stuff coming out unless there's a big big news story and like i said uh, at the start of the show there's not a lot happening and really i've gone through there what has happened in the last few days so um not much more to say i'm getting ready to, to hit the gym do some weights and uh, looking forward to getting back for the rest of these recap shows for you to listen to so until uh, I'm back later in the in the week, probably Thursday, Friday, the next show will be out. Stay tuned to the Ad Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. Stay tuned to OvertimeIreland.com for both the podcast and the uh, recaps that Eli will be doing. Looking forward to, to free agency, the draft for each team. And he's setting up what he thinks their final depth chart will look like, along with their draft pick. So it's interesting stuff there from Eli. So until then, uh, of course, have a good one. I'm off to pump some iron. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.